welcome back to the How I Ripped Off Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. My name is Chip Thompson, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. MC. That would be me. I feel like I haven't called you a mister in a while, so I'm just bringing that back. Nice, bit of variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Retro, old school, <laughs> nostalgia. We love that cool because... 80s stuff. Synth wave. <laughs> no, it's 90s now. Get oh. with the picture, granddad. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is Tomorrow Gateson Season 4, Episode 9, mm. Bleeding Out Myself, mm-hmm. Part 1 MC, mm-hmm. which I believe is another Lincoln Park lyric. Oh, good. <laughs> what happened last time? Well, uh, the uh, first ever guest of the Tokyo Memorial Bed and Breakfast was, of course... Possessed. Yay! Because who would have thought that setting up a bed and breakfast in an evil bed and breakfast that keeps <laughs> killing people would, would be bad. Um, so uh, Roots uh, became Jay's new best friend, mm-hmm. uh, made some very good points about how the rest of the gang are <laughs> all horrible people and he shouldn't be friends with them. Yeah. Then he tried to kill Louise. Yeah. Kind of isolated Jay from the group he as did, well. Kind of like, like a whispering in his arm. Uh, his arm. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a weird demon thing. He doesn't know how human anatomy works. The demons, they have ears in their arms. They listen with their arms. That sounds like something I would have written. It really it was. does, yeah. And we've still got MC being all cut off, and there's yeah. some spoopy happenings with him. They have. The, mm. the December front, which is... Uh, uh, December form. December form. December front... Sounds like some sort of racist organisation. Or, some, I was going to say terrorist, but sure. I mean, uh, same thing, I guess. Yeah, same yeah, thing, yeah, yeah basically. Yeah, um, December form. Yeah, so, which is a stupid name, um, <laughs> for a change. <laughs> Mysterious figures in Hood who seem to be trying to bring about the apocalypse. Yes, and they seem to know something about the gang, possibly. Mm, well, they, the villains always do. Yeah. Somehow, they've gone to the records department or something and they found all the information on the they good guys. They went to the occult section of the library. <laughs> but MC uh, experienced a lot of people saying the apocalypse. Yes, he was out and about in Hyde Park, uh, that little known section of London. Uh, the only part of London I seem to know apparently. <laughs> and yeah, lots of people were saying apocalypse. Mm. So yes, things are afoot. Are afoot. They are. And an arm that you were talking to. <laughs> Well, let's find out what's going to happen in this episode, because I have no idea from the title. It's Bleeding Out Myself, Part 1. Previously on Tomorrow Gason. Ninjas of the Ku Claw, we've been inspecting you. My name's Gav. Who are you? Chip asked. I just said, Gav, mofo! The pages remained, but they were blank. No text. Louise opened up another book, and it was exactly the same. She scanned the remaining books, and they were all devoid of information. I'll go and check the rest. Louise got up. Gav closed one of the books and opened up the first page, checking the date stamp at the front. The last few weeks again! He and Jay exchanged a worried look. Maybe they did know we were coming! Opening the letter, a small white piece of paper fell out. MC picked it up off the floor and opened it out. In blank ink, it simply read, The Apocalypse. Are you ready? Right on cue. MC said as he slipped the letter back into its envelope. It's nothing, Jay. MC's voice rose slightly. Just leave it at that. Why doesn't anyone ever tell me anything around here? Jay asked, whining slightly. There's a reason! Gav remarked. Pardon? Three men, all in black cloaks, knelt down around a circle that had been painted on the floor. There was a big letter D in the centre of the circle and it was covered in dry bloodstains. Soon enough, they shall know too. You think they got the message then? They know enough. 
But not too much. Just the way we like it. So what happens now? Someone wanted to warn us about the apocalypse. I think they've done a good job of it. Gav said. They have. And you know what? Everyone paid attention to MC as he spoke. I really don't care. Not bothering to say anything else, MC started to walk upstairs, leaving his friends in shock. And we begin. 18 months ago. Kent, England. I love a flashback. Yes. <laughs> oh, shut the hell up, you freak! You blatantly know that shot was headed in before the wind caught it! Gav joked, bouncing the basketball in front of him. Sorry, bouncing the basketball ball in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's a basketball ball. <laughs> no way! You'll never be able to hit that shot in a million years! Face it, Gav, you're just not as good as some people present! Craig mocked in response. Craig, try! Stephen chipped in. You're both not as good as me. He snatched the ball away from Gav, the basketball ball. (laughs) (laughs) The trio was heading back from the local park where they had been playing basketball ball since the morning. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just going to call it that from now on. It was now late at night, and the only reason they left was because the park keeper had thrown them out. Just imagining an old man in a <laughs> uniform, shaking a broom at them, hobbling towards them. Oh, you pesky kids and your basketball ball! <laughs> Why don't you go and play a proper sport like football ball? <laughs> or maybe cricket ball? It's <laughs> my new favourite joke. <laughs> Stephen started to dribble the basketball ball between his legs, laughing as he did. Gav quickly took the ball off Stephen and dribbled a little further ahead. So, this is only 18 months ago, and it seems like Gav is some sort of, like, teen rebellious (laughs) youth. (laughs) He's got a skateboard and a backwards baseball cap cap. (laughs) Does that mean Louise is cradle robbing right now? Is Gav actually 15? (laughs) I think you're reading a lot into him playing basketball with his friends. <laughs> no, only young people play basketball ball. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> too many it's words for ju- older people. It's a junior version of basketball. <laughs> oh, junior basketball ball. <laughs> the JRBBB. <laughs> and Gav was national champion. <laughs> that's what gave him Tourette's. <laughs> Stephen started the dribbling the ball between his legs, laughing as he did. Gav quickly took the ball off Stephen and dribbled a little further ahead. Watch this! Gav shouted back to his two friends. He spun the ball on one finger, getting cockier and cockier, spinning faster until he eventually lost control and the ball ran across the road and under a bush. <laughs> I don't know why that sounds so silly. It went under a bush. Oh no! <laughs> oh, my basketball ball! It's under a bush bush! Craig and Stephen laughed hard as he ran after the ball, hoping the knight hid his embarrassed face. So, I mean, all right, I guess you're trying to spin the ball, the ball ball on one finger, but, like, it's not that bad, is it? He's done a hilarious thing. That's the, the first rule of basketball ball <laughs> is that you don't let the ball go, ball ball go under a bush bush. <laughs> Why does that sound sexual now? <laughs> As he searched for the basketball ball in the undergrowth, he desperately tried to think of an excuse for losing control of the basketball ball. Oh, my hand slipped. Your mama, gust of wind! Would help if I could actually find a ball first. After scrounging around for a few more minutes, unable to find the basketball ball, Gav stood up. Someone whistled behind him. He turned and caught the full whack of the basketball ball in the face and fell to the floor. He recovered just in time to feel the river of blood running down his face and see his friends being attacked by two men. <laughs> 
It looked like they were biting their necks. So did the bas- the basketball, the vampires <laughs> just throw the basketball <laughs> at Gav, then murder his friends? Yes. Cool. Because yeah, they're cool. <laughs> the bullies. <laughs> oh, they take his lunch money. They kicked over their sandcastles <laughs> as well. Gav ran over, but he was too, spelled incorrectly, late. The bodies of his now dead friends lay on the pavement, and the two men looked at Gav. So I guess we're getting a Gav origin story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's only been fighting evil for like 18 months then? That's pretty impressive. Yeah, he did well to like build up his own gang and stuff. I guess it took him a year, maybe? <laughs> well, no, it took him 18 months. Oh, so he's not quite a ninja, right, okay, but yeah, so. you know, yeah. The bodies of his now dead friends lay on the pavement, and the two men looked at Gav. What have you done? The two men snarled, and for the first time, Gav noticed they had some deformities in their facial features. They walked forwards. Suddenly, an arrow came out of nowhere and pierced one of the men in the heart. He disappeared in a cloud of dust. Come on! Gav heard. He turned to see another group of men standing behind him. They held crossbows, wooden stakes spelt incorrectly, and other forms of weaponry. One of the men ran forward to Gav. He was tall, well-built, and looked to be in good condition for what had to be 50-odd years of life. He grabbed Gav's arm and started to run back to the group when the last man remaining, who had killed Gav's friends, jumped them, throwing them to the ground. Gav watched as the old man fought the fiend that had murdered his pals, eventually chopping its head off. Again, he burst and disappeared in thin air. What's going on? Gav asked. We have to go now. More on the way. And we haven't got the whole team here. And we jump forward to present day. That had been the first time Gav had ever seen a vampire. The first time his eyes had been opened to the underworld. Now it seems like second nature. Or maybe even his first. Vampires first are his first nature? nature? <laughs> <laughs> no hey saying. Gav, how many natures have you got? Seven! <laughs> oh my god, is he nature? <gasps> Is if he turns into Bill Gates as well. <laughs> Gav is the big bad of season four. He had had his own group for a while. People who had been hurt by demons and vampires. People who what stop at little more than death to have some resemblance of revenge. Revenge. <laughs> now he lived with his girlfriend in a bed and breakfast in London where they fought all kinds of creatures with their ninja leader, MC. That... that. Uh, that that steady career path. <laughs> I want to give that sentence to someone who's never heard the show and wants to know what it's about. <laughs> now he lived with his girlfriend in a bed and breakfast in London where they fought all kinds of creatures with their ninja leader MC. Get it? <laughs> they start backing away slowly. <laughs> come, no, come back and play basketball ball with me. <laughs> 18 months ago, this would have seemed strange and not a thing Gav would have wanted to spend his nights doing. But now fighting five vampires in an alleyway was his life, his career, his purpose. The vamps themselves didn't seem the brightest, and not just in the fight. MC and Gav had come across them while sweeping the city that night. The group had paid a prostitute for the pleasure of her company. Oh, God, I... Oh, no. I'm good to sex worker. I'm always very, uh... Yeah. Uh, right, what about them? Well, don't I? The group had paid a prostitute for the pleasure of the of the her company, but when she hadn't allowed them all to enter her at oh, once... Oh, I'm going to choose to believe that's a typo. I don't think it is... Accompany her at once. (laughs) No, you can't walk with me on the street. You have to go on the other side. But when she hadn't allowed them all to accompany her at once, (laughs) they had vamped out and demanded their money back. 
but before they had time to feed off the girl, MC and Gav had attacked. I mean, were they going to the prostitute to both accompany her as well? Gav's only 15, he's a minor. <laughs> so, like, like that's yeah. a lot of simultaneous cocks. <laughs> Now, when someone wants to know what the, sh- what the show's about, I'm just going to clip that out of context. Because <laughs> it does say at once. <laughs> Not like, at a t- you know, one after the other. I can semi-defend this. Yeah. So they're vampires, right? Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of you know, lust and emotion and like cravings mm. for blood and everything's like 150%. So, right. you know, just DP in a girl isn't going to do it for a vampire. They need <laughs> five at once. Yeah. <laughs> Is that quintuple pen- <laughs> penetration? QP. We oh god, we just invented a new port. Actually, no, we probably no, it probably exists. Yeah. yeah, be right back. Gonna Google it. They were easily duped in the battle, and before long, the pair had dispatched them, lining the alleyway floor with a coating of dust. The working girl came out from between the two skips where she had been hiding. I hope the skips doesn't turn out to be Beatlass. <laughs> Double Beatlass. <laughs> Quadruple Beatlass. <laughs> and we know he can morph into any shape. Oh, God. He's going to turn into... <laughs> five Beatlesses. Oh, with five penises. No, the horror. Oh, God, he's turning into a sort of Cronenberg body horror thing now. <laughs> the working girl came out from between the two skips where she had been hiding. Those things, they, they... Yeah, I know! Gav said, remembering how hard it had been to see men disappearing in front of your very eyes. I wonder where that sentence was going. <sighs> they wanted their money back, she declared. Surprised and not knowing what to say, Gav walked away from her and picked his stake up off the ground. She walked over to MC, who had his back turned to her. Yes, MC respects women. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe those creeps? She asked. They didn't know the rules. Bastards. I think they were going to hurt me. I like that she's more worried about that they wanted their money back than the fact she was going to get quadruple penetrated and then eaten. (laughs) Quintuple penetrated. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Well, they're dead now. MC said without facing her. She ran her hand playfully over the back of his shoulders and neck. I already got paid tonight, and it sort of looks like you do this professionally. So if there's anything I can do for you and your friend to repay you, anything at all, just say the word. MC turned. No, no, come on. I respect your profession, (laughs) but I'm still getting over. Thanks. But I think I speak for the both of us when I say we'd rather not catch syphilis off a dirty hooker tonight. Oh, nice. Real nice, MC. Yeah, let's blame MC for that. Yeah, I'm okay with that. (laughs) Uh, Let's just move on. I can't tell if that's MC being mean or you doing a joke or what. Either way, it's really horrible. Yeah. And I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. The girl scoffed, turned on her very long heels and walked away, muttering something under her breath as he he left. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Shall we do another sweep? Gaff asked MC. I'll do one more, just to be of the safe (laughs) side. You go on home. Well, if you're sure. Gav wasn't about to argue. Tension had been high in the B&B for the past few weeks, and he didn't want to cause any more arguments. Besides, he didn't like to leave Louise alone too long. Plus, he's not allowed out past (laughs) ten. He's fifteen, after (laughs) all. The B&B had a habit of being a dangerous place to be. He and MC went their separate ways. 
Do you think they've gotten any more guests in? No. <laughs> I reckon they'll never get any more guests in. I mean, there must be a point where they just like, everyone who comes in dies. Maybe we should just close up shop. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe they're so desperate for money. Even but where though... do they get the money to keep <laughs> the fucking place running? Well, no one comes in, so they're probably not spending very much. Yeah, but they still have rent or a mortgage or something. Well, who knows? Because they just kind of took the building. There was something about it. There was mentioned something about rent or a mortgage or, or something. Oh, yeah, there was, wasn't there? Very much like a sentence in passing yeah. that didn't explain anything about yeah. how property works. Gosh, who would have thought? <laughs> From high on top of the buildings above the alley, three deformed faces watched MC and Gav leave. Two of them wore black hoodies, covering their fanged faces, whilst a larger one hid his entire form with a dark cloak. Ooh, is this the December form? I sound like vampires, to be honest. Yeah. But, but are the vampires they... December form? Ooh. It'd be kind of fun to have a vampire as the big bad, because they just kind of, yeah, it's you know, squishies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty cool to have like some sort of ancient vampire, like the master in Buffy. I was literally going to say, yeah, <gasps> you mean just like the... Yeah. <laughs> If I ever do another season of this, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm just going to replace Buffy with MC. <laughs> Which is what I do in my dreams. <laughs> Call him the mister. <laughs> that's good. Well done. This is why you're on my show. How generous of you. <laughs> Will it be tonight? One of the smaller vampires asked. There's blood in the air. The big one sniffed. People will die tonight. Just like every hour, minute, and second of this planet. Tonight, revenge will be ours for all the disruptions and disturbances we have been caused by that one human. This night will be his last. Stay close to him. I want to know the second he is vulnerable. Yes, Master Furia. The two smaller vampires started to track the man in question as Furia continued to watch from their rooftops. Oh, so you don't specify which man. No. Probably, probably, I reckon you might be right when you said about Gav. Yeah, I think we've got Gav's origin story. So yeah. I reckon uh, this big bad vampire probably killed Gav's old mentor man. Yeah. And then Gav killed his son or something. Yeah. And the vicious cycle of violence continues. <laughs> when will we ever stop? When will human and vampires finally come together to live in harmony, MC? <laughs> also, I bet furia means like vengeance or something in Latin. I bet I looked that up. Yeah, Ask Jeeves it. Sounds about right. The outside of the bed and breakfast seemed quiet without a light on at the front of the house. Gav opened and closed the front door quietly, so as not to disturb anyone. Not that any more quests had booked in since their last and only one had tried to strangle Louise. So, yeah, somehow... <laughs> no guests, no quests, nothing. <laughs> as Gav went to walk up the stairs, he noticed a faint glow from their living room. Inside, next to the soft glow of a small table lamp and the glare of a late-night television, a slumped Louise snoozed in an armchair whilst Amy lay next to her, asleep in her carry cot. What's a late night television? <laughs> I guess it's of late night television, so it's more yeah, the TV shows sense. and yeah, stuff. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I just want to put it past me to be like, there's an invention called a TV that you only watch at night. <laughs> Everything was peaceful, and Gav felt like he could watch his lover all night. That was until Amy opened her eyes and gently let out a scream. Gently let out a scream. <laughs> How do you gently let out a scream? <laughs> well, she is an angel. That's right. Louise, shut up not quite knowing where she was, and quickly attended to Amy. She could wake the dead, Gav said, startling Louise. Oh, Jesus, I didn't see you there. She smiled as she calmed down. 
Amy became quiet pretty quickly and was once again sound asleep. Sorry if I scared you. You look tired. Why don't we just go get some sleep? Is MC with you? No. He wanted to do another sweep by himself. He doesn't seem to like company much. He still needs his friends though. We should show his appreciation once in a while. How many times has he had you babysitting that kitty? I don't mind. Of course you don't. Which is why I don't like the way he expects you to give up your life to look after his child. You're exhausted. Uh, can't deny that, Louise yawned. But we're all tired. This is the life of a supernatural do-gooder. <laughs> just just get one MC to take Amy with him <laughs> when he's fighting vampires. Or maybe he thinks MC should just not go on patrol every single night and abandon his kids to another woman. I mean, the abandoning the kids thing sounds great. <laughs> Which is why I'm he's doing it. <laughs> also, supernatural do-gooders. <laughs> Can we get that into the opening theme song? <laughs> Isn't it supposed to be no rest for the wicked? Come on, bed, now! Hmm, I like it when you're forceful. <laughs> she went. <laughs> why did I keep writing about my friends having sex? <laughs> Jealousy. <laughs> and it's illegal. He's 15. <laughs> Louise, you win. <laughs> God. <sighs> oh no, not tonight. You're going to get a good night's sleep and I don't want to see you up in the AM tomorrow. I'll see to Amy if she needs anything. I'm sure Gab's gentle voice will nurse her to sleep. <laughs> well, goodbye, baby! <laughs> <laughs> what would I do without you? Louise smiled. The two headed for bed. I feel like Louise has kind of taken the brunt in a way of MC's arseholeness. Yeah. She seems to be... Because Jake kind of seems quite angry, but Louis seems hurt by it more than anything else. And yeah, she seems to be the one that's feeding the, the the faction within the group more. No, absolutely, absolutely. And of course, she's looking after Amy the most yeah, as well. Yeah, stuck with the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because she's the woman. woman. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when she was a ninja for like two episodes? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that did last long. <laughs> His clothes were ruined. He knew that much. But MC had a lot of ground to cover, and not long until the early morning sun rose. The rubbish stunk greatly of the various disgusting things people threw away after daily use. <laughs> oh, There were also a lot of interesting things, hidden away in black sacks. Where are we going with this? But MC didn't have time to view any of the slightly worrying collection that fell out of the last bag he had opened. Is he... Just gone mad and become a homeless man. <laughs> what is happening? Why is he rummaging through rubbish? He was looking for something. Something he had thrown away himself in a fiery act of rage and despair. Was it the baby? <laughs> no, wait, the next, the next line is something he had, to, he had to get back, so it can't be. If someone from social services is listening to this, even though they know you're not going to have a kid, they're going to put you on a list they're anyway. They're going to sterilise me. Yeah, yeah. break in forcefully. <laughs> give me a vasectomy. I mean, you might be forceful. You should be like, yeah, go on, do it. Do it. <laughs> sterilise me. for it, sure. <laughs> Something he had thrown away in a fiery act of rage and despair. Something he had to get back. He couldn't tell which black sack was his. That was impossible. But he knew the pile he was currently searching through was what the dustmen, the dustmen, had picked up last week from his area. Dustbinmen? Dustbin people? I honestly don't know. <laughs> Is dustmen a thing? The the men of dust. <laughs> Is this the rival chapter to the <laughs> December form? <laughs> the men of dust will stand with you, ninja. <laughs> that gave him a fighting chance. 
He had always been persistent, and even the thought that in order to complete his mission that day, he wouldn't have time to go back home, shower and change. It was just over an hour earlier that two or three old Kerrang! magazines fell out of another ripped bag. This was it. The black sack had been taken out of the B&B's dustbin. After moving aside some old tea bags and a few tin cans, MC found what he was looking for. He pulled the piece of paper out of the envelope and read the information just to be sure. The apocalypse. Are you ready? Fishing out the other notes the gang had received, MC left a tip. Interesting. I wonder if he's going to... Is he going to use magic on them? Try and trace mm. the owner or... But this is a bit more like MC, right? Kind of getting on the case in a way? Like, because he just kind of discarded them and was like, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's possible it is just a, another distraction, like a thing to lose himself in. A thing to distract, yeah, to keep him away from Amy a bit longer, maybe. Or, or yeah, 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 or just like something, yeah, something he can focus on so all the other areas of his life. Mm. Uh, maybe he just wanted to rummage through some bins yeah. and hope the dustmen would find him. <laughs> If you wish to contact the dustman. <laughs> he wasn't too sure if he had been dreaming, but seeing as your testicles didn't normally detach from your body and perform heavy metal songs... Speak for yourself. <laughs> Gav was pretty certain... And I, I like how you're writing about Gav's testicles now. <laughs> Detaching and jumping into my pocket. <laughs> Rolling over, his arm outstretched, he expected to find Louise lying there. All he found was an empty space. He opened his weary eyes and saw he was alone. Once Gav had adapted to the new morning light, he was able to focus in on the time that flashed on the neon alarm clock on the bedside table. It was early. Don't say that, Chip. You normally put the exact time. Is it 8.07? 7.23? What is it? Come on. Putting on a pair of red shorts and a blue dressing gown, Gav left their room and headed downstairs. Just like last night, he found Louise sitting in the armchair, holding a bottle to Amy's mouth. It's whiskey. <laughs> Didn't we have a joke about that before? That MC grabbed the bottle of wild turkey and we made jokes about how he was going to kill his daughter with it. <laughs> we make a lot of jokes <laughs> about MC killing his daughter. Yes, jokes. <laughs> Morning, he said. What are you doing up? Louise asked, turning to face Gav. Funny, I was about to ask you the same thing. He knelt down on the floor beside Louise. She wake you up? Gav asked. I didn't hear any crying, and that girl's got a pair of lungs on her. <laughs> Unlike most humans who don't have lungs. <laughs> no, I was just awake. Thought I'd feed her. MC didn't come home last night. Gav stood. So you're left holding a baby again? He shook his head. Gav, I really don't mind. MC's not himself at the minute and he needs time. Time for what? I don't know. Contacting the dustmen. <laughs> They're underground, they're difficult to find, the size of a dust mite. <laughs> the dust men. I don't know, Louise replied after a few moments. Gav sat down on the arm of the chair and rested his hand on hers. Sorry, I'm not angry at you. I just wish he'd take responsibility for his own daughter. He kissed Louise on the forehead. I got it. I know exactly what you need. A break. Louise, I'm taking you out for the entire day. Oh, how generous. <laughs> An entire day outside. <laughs> Woo! Just in the garden, mind. <laughs> Can't afford to go anywhere else. What? Where? London's a big place. And we haven't had the chance to explore it since we've been living here. All this killing, no sleep, it's no good. 
it's a combination that's bad. If it's lots of killing or no sleep, that's fine. But get them together, bad combination. I do believe it's what the uh, World Health Organization recommends. Yes. like Get no. eight hours of sleep, kill less than eight people. <laughs> but Amy, we'll get Jay to watch her. He hasn't come out of his room since his friend tried to strangle me. <laughs> now there's a sentence. <laughs> Another intro sentence for somebody new to the podcast. He hasn't come out of his room since his friend tried to strangle me. I don't think he'll be in the mood for favours. You'll do it. You go and get ready. I know how long it usually takes you. So we may just make it this side of the year. Haha, <laughs> girls take ages. Uh-huh. God, they go to do their makeup and put in their tampons. Uh-huh. <laughs> and put makeup on their tampons. <laughs> and do makeup with tampons. Oh, like use it as oh a no, brush. that's too far. No, like clean, oh, ones, no. clean ones. Oh, you're sick in the edge you are. No wonder <laughs> you're on that list. <laughs> Louise playfully slapped Gav on the back of the head as she handed Amy over and headed upstairs to get ready. Let's go see Uncle Jay! Gav said in a baby voice to Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you crying again? <laughs> I like to think he puts his face really close to Amy's as well. <laughs> After knocking on the door once and getting no reply, Gav stormed in. He found Jay lying in a darkened room, curtains drawn, and a big pair of earphones over his head. And then he said eyebrows then, and I don't know why. I got really confused as I was reading that. He tapped Jay's foot that was nodding along to the beat of whatever song he was listening to. It seemed a lot more subdued than usual. Slowly, Jay opened his eyes and took his earphones off. What do you want? He asked. I'm going to ask you to do something. Not just for me, for Louise. She's been stuck looking after Amy for a lot longer than she should have, so I'm taking her out. We need you to watch the baby, and for Christ's sake, don't be a dick about it! Gav knows how to ask people for (laughs) favours. He knows how to butter people up. (laughs) No problem. Pardon me? I said I'll do it. Jay turned his music off, stood up and took Amy from Gav's arms. A little confused after expecting a negative reaction from Jay, Gav left the room and went to get dressed. So I think this is more of a Jay just being cut off and just being like, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. Yeah. You know, he's, he's not... He's not actively against the group, but he's really not... Yeah, he's not joining interested it. in kind of engaging with them, whether yeah. it be positive or negative. Yeah, yeah. And he probably still cares about Amy, but... Yeah. Yeah. Poor Good. Jay, man. Despite having only been open for 10 minutes of so, the post office was already jammed, pack, and the back end of the queue, spelt incorrectly, was almost by the entrance doors. So I'm imagining, like, a backpack that's jammed full of stuff. <laughs> full of and jam. And a big snooker queue <laughs> in there as well. Oh, you do paint a picture. <laughs> Please someone draw that. <laughs> MC looked at the line. He didn't have time to wait around. Walking straight past it and cupped in front of an old lady as she went to walk to an open counter. Sir, do you mind? That lady behind you was next, the post office worker said. Uh, I believe the proper etiquette is to go, or to say nothing. The people behind him in the oh, queue will Oh, yeah, touch. just touch, shake your head. The pool queue will, will whisper to someone behind them. Yeah. Yep. This won't take long. I just want to see your manager. Okay, does he know what this is concerning? Not yet. After waiting for a few minutes, a man walked over to where MC was standing. I'm Vic. I'm the general manager here. Can I help you, sir? The manager was a fairly heavy-looking guy with brown, untidy hair. He had a sort of aura around him. Possibly the power of being a manager of a post office had gone to his head. 
What? No ordinary mortal could <laughs> handle the power of being a manager of a post office. Since they've been living in London, mm. it's all got a bit domestic in some places. It really like has. Queues at the post office and vampires in coffins <laughs> and like workmen and stuff. Like it's all a bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I miss Tokyo. Yeah. Glamorous Tokyo's Tokyo. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I thought it would be worth a shot. MC reached into his pocket and fished out the letters he had found at the tip the night before. Someone's been sending me unwanted posts, and I want to know where they were sent from. The manager looked MC up and down, obviously noticing his dirty clothes, as in close the door, and generally untidy state. To be honest, sir, that sounds more like a matter for the police. Now if you don't mind... Vic issued to the exit with his hand. MC grabbed his other arm and pulled him back slightly, showing him a clenched fist. That's a bit... Rapey, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> What's what he going to do with the fist? Someone's <laughs> around five. <laughs> MC grabbed his other arm and pulled him back slightly, showing him a clenched fist. For a split second, Vic looked worried, until MC opened his hand to reveal a stack of notes. Oh, he's doing the chip technique. Ah. He's going to bribe them with the money they don't have. <laughs> Here is next month's rent. <laughs> What's this? Vic asked. I can't go to the police with this, but if you can help, then I can pay. I can. I pay for it. <laughs> then I can. I pay for it. <laughs> Vic reached forwards and shook Emsy's hand, taking the money. Even the all-powerful <laughs> post office manager can't resist a bribe. The corruption runs so deep in this country. If I gave it a little time, I could probably find out where they were posted, which post he picked them up, and when. Vic said in a lowered voice. It's a start. When will it be ready? Uh, a few days. Right then. I'll see you tonight. Oh, the mind mm. wants it, doesn't he? I want it done in 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> or I'm taking your post office badge. <laughs> With that, MC left the post office, leaving behind his last drop, if a hard cash, and the envelopes the letters had arrived in. He kept the actual notes with him so as not to arouse any more suspicion with the post office manager. MC headed back to the B&B. He had a few hours to shower, get changed and a few hours sleep before coming back later that evening. And that's where we're going to leave Bleeding Out Myself, part one. Well, what do we think of that episode in MC? Boring, right? Yeah, 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 really boring. Classic, first part, (laughs) nothing much happening. MC queue? No, he didn't even queue in didn't the post office. Op- there wasn't even the excitement of a post office queue in this one. He That's how went bad it was. To the post office, <laughs> and he rooted around in some bins. Yeah. Oh, for and vague reasons. Gavin Louise are gonna have a nice day out <laughs> in old London town. They're gonna go to the library. Yeah. Hyde Park. And that's it. Yeah, that's all that's, that's in library. All, that's in it. London. That's everything there is. All the people are in Hyde Park or the library. Or no, the post nobody, office. Nobody in the library. That's true, because they're too busy at Hyde Park or exactly. in the post office. That's why that makes sense. So, yeah, we got a brief glimpse of uh, some vampire heavies. Mr. Yeah, uh, something. Master Furia, Mr. Furia, whatever yeah, his name was. Yeah. Um, we got uh, some uncomfortable sex worker stuff. Again. This Again. Is, this is really a recurring theme for you. Yeah, I don't know what was wrong with me. I was like a teenage incel or something. Yeah. It's really upsetting. <laughs> I'm really upsetting. I guess it would have been worse if I would read this down. I was like, ha ha, what a funny thing that was. Yeah. I still believe in all of that. <laughs> Whereas now I'm like, I just want to die. So that's grand. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not a lot else to say about this. Like, no. in terms of a narrative, like, because, you know, sometimes some episodes, uh, they either have, like, 
uh, a one-off kind of episode where Monster of the Week kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's uh, part of the interweaving stories that are run through the season. Sure. Um, or maybe there's a little arc. You know, we had like the portal arc last season that yeah, went on for yeah, three yeah. or four episodes, that sort of thing. But this just feels like nothing. I mean, presumably something's going to happen with the December form and everything, yeah, but I yeah. mean, other than the vampires in black cloaks who may or may not be part of it, that's... I, that's I still nothing. think there's some... I mean, we've got a little insight into Gav's past. Yeah, that's true. semi-interesting. Basketball ball. Basketball was, ball. The whole episode was worth it, just for <laughs> basketball ball. But yeah, I'm sorry, that was a really boring episode. Mm. <laughs> I guess the thing is, is because we break these episodes up, so Bleeding Out Myself, as I wrote it, is one episode. Yeah, but because we don't want the podcast to go on for four years, um, we break them up <laughs> into two parts. <laughs> yeah, it still is. Still going. Um, <laughs> so I guess as a whole, maybe it'll be better. We'll get some more action in the second mm. part, but we learn a little bit about Gab's backstory, yeah. a bit that Jay's cut off a little bit, MC's yeah. doing a little bit to get back into yeah. the ninja swing of oh, things. I'm sure it'll pick up next week. Things will happen. There'll be a, another post office queue. <laughs> well, if you want to tell us about any exciting post office queues that you've been stuck in before, because it's going to be way more interesting than this episode, there's numerous ways in which you can get in touch. He says with much enthusiasm as this episode will allow him to. You can find us on Facebook, where we're at facebook.com slash howiriptoffpodcast. And we are on Twitter at howiriptoff. And you can find our entire back catalogue, including episodes that aren't shit, on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iTunes and YouTube. And if you could leave us a rating, a review, we would appreciate it very much and uh, make Chip feel less, slightly less bad about <laughs> yeah. the dullness. I mean, or maybe just skip it for this week. <laughs> yeah. Let, wait for a good one and then leave a review. Yeah, don't don't judge your review on this episode alone yeah. or any of the other I episodes. I feel like you say that a lot. Yes. And normally I would make a joke here about why you should leave us five stars, but I'm really struggling. <laughs> hey, leave us a five-star rating for your favourite basketball ball player.